Pastor Bigsman was mentioning that we're going to be hopefully in Ireland by the end of August. Um, so if you just could pray for us for a few things. One, pray that we get there in God's timing. Uh, we, we reached our full support after about 15 months of traveling on deputation, so we're thank, really thankful for God's grace uh, in that regard. But we don't want to get there any sooner or any later than he wants us there, okay? And so uh, there's several things that have to happen. One, we have to have Mulaney be healthy and come in June, and uh, just the doctors to give us uh, clearance there. Um, and then also just the visa. Something I didn't mention in the other service is the Republic of Ireland um, for many years, for almost 10 years, uh, it was almost, it was really hard to get into. In fact, when I let people know in the Republic that, hey, we're coming, God's called us, I had a lot of well-meaning, good good missionaries there, national pastors said, Josh, you can't come, you can't get a visa, uh, it's not possible. Um, but we believe that God called us, so we started deputation, and we asked her just to pray because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, it does avail much. And uh, early on in our deputation, uh, we heard that there were some changes in the visa laws, and that made it possible, or it looks like we'll get our visa. So things look very favorable. Uh, we hired an Irish solicitor, which is a lawyer, uh, to help immigration to help us. And so just pray that we'll hear back soon about those visas. Sometimes that's one of the hardest parts about being a missionary, just getting the legal permission to get to the country and stay in the country for the long haul, for the long term. So just pray for us with those things. We're going to be working with a veteran missionary, Dan Canavan, in uh, Dublin, the south side of the city, uh, for, for a year. Um, it could be longer, but we don't have a language to learn, just a different way of speaking. Uh, they speak English, we speak American, okay? And uh, they... In fact, when I was on my survey trip, I didn't realize I was cursing my daughter out several times a day. I have a little nickname for my daughter. Some people call their daughters, you know, pumpkin pie. I called her a sugar burger or a booger, and that's really bad apparently, okay? So don't say that when you're in Ireland. Um, so anyways, we're excited to work with them and then hopefully uh, be able to launch a brand new church soon after that. Just learn the culture, learn the best way to reach them. But if you look at Proverbs 16 with me, uh, I want to speak on this thought for the next few moments. How to be involved in missions. How to be involved in going, praying, and giving when you don't feel like it. You know, there's many verses that we could have looked at today in church about missions, about our responsibility of being stewards of what God has given us. Stewards of our time, stewards of our talent, stewards of our, our treasure. We can look at a lot of verses regarding missions in the Bible. Uh, but, you know, there, there's some here uh, where you've been in church for a while and you understand the verses about going. You understand Matthew 20, 18 through 20. You understand 1 Corinthians 8 and 9 chapters about uh, about grace giving. You, you understand about praying for labors for the harvest field. And we could read about those. Uh, others here, maybe you're kind of newer to, to knowing what missions are, but uh, you're growing and you're excited to learn more about missions. The fact is many of us comes to times in our life when we just don't feel like being involved in missions. We don't feel like giving. We don't feel like praying. We don't feel like going. And I wish I could tell you as a missionary uh, about to go to Ireland that I always feel like being a gospel witness. I always feel like giving people a gospel track. I always feel like going soul winning. I always feel like praying and giving. But the truth is, I don't. There's many times I just don't feel like it. And the verse that we're going to read about is kind of the key to overcoming that. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. And I want you to uh, to read it aloud with me, okay, if you have it there. 
Read it aloud with me. It goes like this. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Uh, the Bible is worded exactly the way it's worded there. Every word is there for a reason. It's phrased exactly the way God wants it phrased. Because if I, if I was writing it, if any other man was writing it, we would say, hey, uh, uh, only work for God once, uh, uh, you know, work, work for God once it feels feels right in your mind. Once it feels all mushy-gushy in your heart and it makes all sense up in your noggin, then go ahead and do something for God. But until you've uh, uh, dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, and it makes sense to you, don't work for God. Well, that, that's not what the Bible says. I'm so glad God said, hey, commit thy works to the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. You know, there's a kind of a parallel verse with this in, uh, in Psalms. Uh, Psalm 37.4, it says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So when we're committing our works, God's going to establish our thoughts. When we're delighting ourselves in God, doing what he wants us to do, He's going to give us the right desires in our life and our hearts. So as we think about this, you know, commit, it means to give in trust, to put in the hands or the trust of another. Establish means to be firmly fixed, to be confirmed, to be set. So God's saying, hey, if you trust me with your works, if you trust me and, and you do what I'm commanding you to do, you're doing the clear things I've already told you to do. He says, hey, I'm going to establish, I'm going to fix, I'm going to affirm, I'm going to confirm your thoughts, your heart, your mind, your emotions and your life. You know, oftentimes when someone asks you to do something, they tell you to do something that you don't want to do, what's a common response that will tell them if we're trying to let them down easy? I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I'll pray about it. It's so common. And take it to the Lord. I'll take it to the Lord. Yeah, let me pray about that. Uh, or some of us will say, we're not even that spiritual. We'll say, I'll think about it. Every time as a child, okay, I'd ask my parents to go on a sleepover, to to do something with friends, go to the mall, so do what, whatever. I want to go hang out with some buddies. My parents said, well, think about it. It always meant no. Okay. I taught in a Christian school, and my students said, Mr. Friend, Mr. Friend, could you could you take the essays off the test? Hey, hey, can we have study time? And if I said I think about it, they all would, oh, they'd groan because they knew it didn't mean deadly squat. It meant no, okay? So oftentimes that's what we do, though, with God. God gives us clear commands, and, and for our purposes today, on this Mission Sunday, we're thinking about missions today in regards to missions. And we'll say, God, let me kind of think about that. Let me kind of feel, I need to watch a real emotional missionary video about just people that have less than me, and then maybe I'll get emotionally worked up to do something, or whatever it is. And God's saying, hey, I just want you to commit your works to me. I want you to light yourself in me. And I'll give you the desires of the, your heart. I will establish your thoughts. You know, in other words, the Bible is saying, do it as right and let the feelings come later. You know, Jeremiah 17, 9 is an example. You know, the world, you know, I grew up, I watched Disney princess movies when I was a child. I had three, I had two brothers, only one sister, but we had one sister. Okay, so we still had to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, those movies, it would seem so uh, clear logic. They'd say, follow your heart. Man, follow, follow, just follow your heart and learn from that. And it will never lead you astray. It will never lead you wrong. And I remember even as like a teenage boy, being like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty good. That sounds really smart. And that's what the world teaches. Follow your heart. Uh, do whatever feels good. Do whatever feels right. 
But we all know this. The Bible tells in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Oftentimes our hearts, our, our emotions, our will, our mind comes from our heart. Oftentimes our hearts will lead us to do something diametrically opposed to what God wants. There's many people that get into bad relationships with somebody else because their heart led them to do that. There's many people who uh, decide to get addicted to some kind of whatever it is because their heart led them in that direction. There's many people, they, their heart leads them to, man, I don't want to be a, be a light. I don't want to tell people about crap. Man, that's just too, that's just too uh, I don't know about all that. I, I don't want to be involved in all that. Uh, I don't want to be some holy roller or whatever, uh, you know, telling people about Jesus. And our hearts can often lead us to do something against what God has for us. And rather than saying, you know what, when it comes to this, trying to be a gospel witness and actively share my faith with others, when it comes to me giving and financially helping spread the gospel around the world and my prayer life, you know, once I, once it feels all good, then I'll do it. Just say, you know what? God's given me clear commands in his word. I'm going to commit my works to him, and he will establish my thoughts. I'm going to delight myself in him, and he will give the give me the desires of my heart. You know, the Bible's oftentimes written like a paradox. You know, the way up is down. Uh, and, and James, humble yourselves on the side of the Lord, and he shall lift thee up. And, and, and it's like this. This verse, it's like, so I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed to obey God even when I don't... I don't have it all worked out in my head and in my heart. Yes. You know, we see this example over and over again in Scripture. We mentioned this verse this morning uh, in the worship service. Psalm 126, verse 5, tells us, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know, in other words, it's saying, you know, someone who's going out, they're weeping. They don't feel like sowing. It's difficult. The ground is tough, and they're trying to sow the seed. He said even when they're not feeling like it, if they obey, they commit their works to the Lord, they're going to have joy at the end of that. God's going to give them the right desires. He's going to help them to have joy and rejoice in what God's commanded them to do. We could look at stewardship. In 2 Corinthians 8, uh, the churches of Macedonia, the grace of God was bestowed on these impoverished churches in time of persecution to where out of their deep poverty, they gave their liberality to help the church of Jerusalem. And Paul was uh, was was encouraged that this church, even when they weren't ha- didn't have the best circumstances, they weren't feeling good, they obeyed God, and God bestowed his grace on them. We could look at so many verses when people didn't necessarily feel like doing something, but they decided just to trust and obey, just obey God, and God was able to work out the rest. I want you to look at one more verse and we'll be done. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 with me. Matthew 6, verse 21. Why is this principle so true? If we commit our works, there's a lot of, well, because God said it, but beside that, God gives us some extra stuff to help us understand why this principle of, hey, if we just get involved sooner or later, whatever we get involved in, whatever we invest time in, we're going to end up feeling, uh, having some feelings for it. Uh, And so if you look at Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 21, it tells us this. Well, verse 19 and 20, let's look at those as well. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. 
But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For your treasure is there where your heart be also. Interesting verse there. Where your treasure is there where your heart be also. You know, you whatever you invest in, that's where you're going to be emotionally uh, connected to, whatever you invest in. You know, I could talk to some of you about uh, the Kilkenny hurling team in the Gaelic games. I could tell you a little bit about that. And you guys might be polite. You know, you might, okay, listen, let's, let's listen to the missionary talk about Ireland stuff. I don't really care, whatever. But you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't be that passionate as I am. Why? You've never watched a game. You never, you know, you're not, you're not, you've not really been invested in that. You could talk about your favorite sports team in Virginia. And honestly, I'd just be like, okay, I wouldn't care. Because I've never gone to a game. I've never watched them. I, I just I don't know anything about it. I'm not invested in it. There's some of you in here, you're probably very passionate about hunting or boating or hiking or some show on Netflix, whatever it is. You're passionate about something. You're Why? Because you've spent money. You've spent time. You spent uh, resources actively engaged in that, and so you care about it. Wherever your your, your treasure is, you've invested something. There will your heart be also. You know, I looked at the prayer cards on your on your wall, the missionaries that uh, that you guys support, you pray for, you give, and I recognized probably about 25% of them, probably about one in four. I knew them a little bit in some way or another. The vast majority, I know, have no clue who they are. And you know something that uh, it's not that I'm calloused, but honestly, I don't really go throughout my life thinking about the 75% I don't know about. I think a lot about the ones my church supports. Why? Because I pray for those missionaries. I give grace giving to our missions program at my, my sending church. I've talked to some of those missionaries as they come through my church, had meals with them. I've gotten to know some of them. And so I'm invested in them, so to speak. And all I'm trying to say is this, is when you decide not to obey clear commands in Scripture, when regards to, in regards to anything, you can apply this in so many ways, but we're thinking about missions right now, then your heart's not going to be there because you never had any treasure there. I'm not saying that boating and hunting and hiking, all those things, are, those things are all good. But can I tell you, we need to have some treasure and some spiritual things as well. And when we commit our works, we commit our time, we commit our resources to what is important to God, God's going to establish our thoughts. When we delight ourselves in the things that matter to God, God's going to give us the desires of our heart. Because for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I just want to close with this last quote, and we'll be done. As we think about how to be involved in missions when you don't feel like it. Some of you may have heard of a missionary named Bob Hughes. You know, the Philippines was a major theater in World War II. And right after World War II, uh, a lot of missionaries went to the Philippines. Many, many missionaries went. Uh, And today, people say that the Philippines sends out more missionaries around the world than the United States does. I believe that. When I grew up in Sri Lanka, there were two Filipino families that were missionaries there. And it's just remarkable. Uh, and Bob Hughes is one of the pioneers, one of the first ones to go to the Philippines. 
And Bob Hughes, he started dozens of churches, Christian schools, Bible colleges, orphanages, all these things. Great missionary. And someone asked Bob Hughes, Bob, uh, how do I know I'm supposed to be involved in missions? And Bob said this, why wait for a voice when you have a verse? Why wait for a call when you have a command? Go out on the limb. That is where the fruit is at. And I just want to challenge you, Crossroads Baptist Church, to that you we have clear verses. We have clear commands in Scripture of our responsibility to the Great Commission, to this world, that God's saying, hey, I just want you to commit your works to me, and I'm going to establish your thoughts. I want you to light yourself in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. We all have a part in missions that God has for us if we're just willing to say, God, I'm going to obey your clear commands, and I'm going to trust you with the rest. Uh, I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to ask Pastor to close us uh, however God would lead him. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the time we've had together.